Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The volume. Yo, what's happening, y'all? Welcome in. It is Monday, February 19, 2024, and we are here for a brand new episode of snaps live youtube.com slash at volume snaps if you enjoy the show you already know you want to help the boys out you can hit the like button sub to the channel i'm t bob a bear he's aaron murray and uh your boy sark got paid Mm, this mm. weekend we'll break it down we'll look at who has the most pressure on him a little freshman orientation I've got a lot of bachelor party thoughts as I'm uh, fresh off my little brother's bachelor party. Two minute warnings at college football. There's a lot to get to today. Again, share it with your friends, guys. Uh, Aaron, what's up, man? How are we feeling today? Yeah, don't forget to share with your friends and also follow us on IG and TikTok because we have some fun stuff that we don't do on the show, but will be on those. So go follow us on Snaps, Volume Snaps on both those channels as well. Appreciate it. And uh good weekend, fun weekend, but not as good as you who no. are now starting to feel the the pains of being old on a nat- on, on a bachelor party tea. Well, unfortunately, um age would be the the mm. theme of the weekend for your boy here. And it's not just um it's not even in terms of like bouncing back, right? I mean, yes, of course, like when you go hard and you party all weekend, like uh you're you're going to feel it more. You're older you get. I think mm-hmm. we all understand that. Um this was the first time, though, to where when I was in uh, the club, if you will, um, I just felt so insecure, mm-hmm. so incredibly insecure, right? And and the thing is, I love to dance. It's, it's all I like to do. When I go out, I just love to dance. And so uh, night one, we've been drinking all day, having a great time, whatever. We go to some bar. And everybody else is sitting there at the table and they're like trying to like talk to people and like talk to young people and stuff. And I'm like, I just don't got in me. I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go and I'm just going to find me a little pocket. That's what I like to do. 
find a somewhat empty place in the dance floor, and I'm just going to go dance my ass off. By yourself? Um, by myself, yes, by myself. Like, just, okay. just eyes closed. And and then well and then it became a thing where like every time I opened my eyes again immediate social anxiety and panic would set in because I'm clearly bigger and clearly older than all of these people around me. So I'm probably spent near damn two hours just dancing alone. Uh, little did I know, uh, and, and and what is maybe the actual inverse of what the general goal of a bachelor party is. Um, in my closed eyes wanderings, I found myself uh, into the gay section of the club. And uh, that's cool. I mean, out of a gay bar before, always a good time. It's very fun. Um, but apparently, as I was sitting there in my pocket, eyes closed, dancing my ass off, my uh, my little brother and his soon-to-be father-in-law come inside to see where I'm at and find me. And there's like three dudes just getting it around me just a beautiful meaty manly gay dance circle and uh i don't think my father or i don't think my son's future father and my brothers is um maybe too used to that and so when one of my dance partners put his finger on his chest and said don't worry you're in the exact right spot mm -hmm. he hightailed it the fuck out of there uh i did not hightail the fuck out of there i had a great time until the police then told me i was too drunk and kicked me out of the bar mm -hmm. i didn't mm -hmm. do anything i didn't bump into anyone i was just dancing enjoying my life but alas say lovey um so i just i just feel um i just feel overwhelmingly old aaron yeah. mm -hmm. over even the I next and I'm, I'm with I'm with I'm with William Anthony in the, in the chat. This this is where I was going to go as soon as you you know we're we're done the story. If you had the F boy fade, may feel a little bit juicier, feel a little bit more nimble, maybe feel a little so. bit more Florida down there in Fort Lauderdale. Very true. And this would have been, been solved ahead of time if you wanted your bet. So not only would you wanted your bet, you would have felt a little bit more. Uh, I would say secure in your own skin down there in Fort Lauderdale. Second thing, and then the second night, so like we have a few survivors that make it tonight too. It's four of us. And it's, I say younger, right? We're probably the youngest ones there. Anywhere ages like 28 to 35. And, uh, and we got ourselves a, uh, a, a, a little, you know, a little, little private table doing the club thing. That fucking social dynamic though, is something I am so unused to. And I felt so awkward. What are you supposed to do when you're at one of those private tables and it's just like you and a couple other guys? Do you like, do you hit like Friend a girls? relaxed? Well, so eventually, eventually ended up having, ended up filling up, ended up working. But in the beginning, I had to go back to the dance floor because I didn't know. I felt like Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights. Like mm. I didn't know what to do with my hands. Like sometimes I'd hit this like relaxed, like kind of lounge pose where I just tried to look like I was at complete ease. That didn't really work. So I was like, okay, what if I like sit up and I look engaged, but then that just felt like I was kind of overpowering everything. So then I tried like, okay, what if I just start standing up and dancing, but then you're on like a raised pedal and that felt fucking weird. So eventually I did the same thing. I just went back to the dance floor. I found myself a little pocket and I lived there for about three hours. G-Bob is meant to be in Nashville, in honky tonk, in boots with a cowboy hat, just dancing the night away. I just need to dance. Clubs. clubs. And techno music and F boy fade just doesn't seem like it's up your alley. No, no, no. no. But, but hey, 
very good times were had yep. and um and i got to dance a ton to great music the dj at that second place actually actually awesome um t-bob used to have social anxiety that pops up in situations you're not comfortable with it happens to all of us at all times no for sure like i'm no stranger to that it's just that this is the first time uh i've i i i, I have felt inklings of this as we all had as we gotten older where you may go do something because you're with old friends or it's a bachelor party or something but when you were younger, remember when you would see the old guy at the bar getting down and you're like, what the mm -hmm. fuck is that guy doing here? Yeah. Like he's way too old to be here. That, yeah. that is how I felt all weekend long. And that, and that's not a good place to be. Mm -mm. It's an insecure place to be, but, uh, but Hey, Hey, we had a lot of fun. Nonetheless. Um, I do have a thought exercise for you, Aaron Murray. Actually, Please, I'll yeah. save this. I'll save this for the very end because we should get into sports. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but I, <laughs> well, yeah, we are, we are the, the, the best college football show out there. So, uh, yes, we are the best it. college football show. Uh, Jason says, yeah, 37 years old and get that. I'm the old guy. Aren't I vibe more and more now? It, it happens to all of us first. We're going to go this year. We just need to start going, I guess, to like cougar clubs or, 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 yeah. or I don't know. And, or, and, and, or, and have Atlanta go to Johnny's hideaway. Maybe or, stop at Ivy real quick. Then get to Johnny's go with the cougars. You're good to go. Maybe just go to gay clubs. Because I will say like, look, I'm married. I'm not trying to have sex with anybody else. But it feels good to be wanted. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, like it. I, I think it actually makes you a better husband and or lover when you have the feeling that somebody else would like to hook up with you. And I didn't meet any women that wanted to hook up with me, but I kind of probably got that vibe from like four or five guys. So I still got it in some sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so uh, that 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 didn't feel that didn't feel awful. No. That didn't feel awful, but uh, it was a weird weekend overall. Very fun. Very fun, but kind of had to come to some harsh truths about myself. Mm -hmm. um, what about you, Aaron? What did you do in the weekend? Then we'll get to Texas. Uh, I had my annual Big Hearts. We call Big Hearts Pageant. It's a group that I've been involved with since my freshman year. Kids with both okay. mental and physical disabilities. We raised north of $700,000 over the weekend. So, Whoa! Great weekend. What? Yeah, we had the talent show on Friday, which I emceed. Then we had the the, the the gala on Saturday night, which had fifteen hundred people. Damn. And yeah, it's it's a pretty big deal. But I'm was absolutely exhausted. I was in Athens for two straight days with, with doing that. So fun times, raised a lot of money for the kids. Money, bro. That's very a lot of money dude. for the kiddos, which was great. Yeah. Congratulations, you. Did you thank do thank anything you. in the talent show? I was the MC. Okay, but so you did not, you did not no, no, no. do anything. The, the talent for the kids to do the talent show. I if you just, had to do a talent show, what would you do? Um, probably throw a football. Uh, but I thought, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think you're that good at that anymore. Uh, but that just just say exactly mm -hmm. like it's that's how dumb we all are because that's all we know is football. That's it. So, um, all right, let's get into some football then. In case you missed it, you see it on the thumbnail. But Texas, the Texas Longhorns, Aaron, your boys extending Steve Sarkeesian, okay? Paying him over $10 million a year annually. Uh, what's crazy about this is he actually was, you know, not making that much. He was relatively to this number. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty massive raise. This is somebody who was making $6 million a year 
before this contract. Now it'll start at 10.3. It'll go up a hundred thousand dollars all the way up to 10.9 in the year 2030. He also got two cars. He got a private jet and he got access to a, uh, to, to he a had access car. to a private jet. They didn't give him a private jet. Uh, I think that was a little overblown, but, but still, I think it's like 20 hours a month. I think someone told me 20 hours a month to kind of fly wherever you want. And that's, that's I'm going to say, personally, yeah, I'm going to say that ain't recruiting. I'm going to say personally, yes, you got personal. a private jet at that point or, yeah, or, so. or functionally, sorry, functionally yeah. you, you have, you actually have the best private jet set up because you don't have to fucking pay for the upkeep. You don't own no. it. You're mm-hmm. just getting allotted PJ hours wherever you want it. That's big mm-hmm. time. That That's is big time. time. So hey, and, congratulations, and, and, dude! You well, win ten well, games. You can bank a lot of those hours because, like, you ain't gonna fly anywhere from August to January. You bank those hours and you just use them all, kind of in the two months you do got off. You can fly all the all over across the United States with the family for free. I mean, I life. I spent all this off season talking so much shit. Uh, congratulations, Steve Sarkeesian! Mm. You finally win ten games for the first time in your career. You win 10 games. Uh, you don't win a playoff game, but you do win a conference. And now all of a sudden you're making over $10 million a year. Yeah, but I, I look, listen, Texas is not stupid in the sense of looking at the college football landscape, seeing what is going on when it comes to coaches, because you know, head coaches becoming OCs, head coaches moving on to the NFL. Other head coaches moving to certain other positions. I know some of this is like lower level, maybe not in the SEC or the Big Ten, but it's a really weird landscape right now when you kind of step back and look at what's going on with college football and 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 even diving deeper into like just head coaches, OCs, DCs. I mean, Georgia just lost one of their coaches to go become a receiver coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's like when you can lock in a, a guy that you believe in, you give him everything he wants, money, Cars, planes, uh, country is your, club is membership. Your, is, is your agent you Jimmy Sexton as well? Are you are you are you too carrying the water for Jimmy Sexton like everybody else is? Because I don't I'm fucking not even, get like, it. I'm not even applauding Jimmy Sexton. Wanted, I'm applauding the university here. Who the like, fuck to wanted to pay Steve Sarkeesian this money? Who was going after Sark for ten million dollars a year? I would say if you believe that he has turned the corner. And if you believe Texas has turned the corner and this wasn't just a one-year wonder and that Texas is truly a, I think I think ESPN had them as a top five team heading into next season. I think you and I have them as a top five team. If you believe Texas has reached that point and he's recruited like that and now he's proving it out on the football field, then yes, he is a $10 million coach. Why, why though in college football are we so, uh, why are we so hard on paying guys so quickly? What happened to doing it two years in a row? I mean, Nick Sirianni, I know this is an NFL, so this is apples to oranges a bit, but Nick Sirianni was just in a Super Bowl, had the Eagles at 10 and one, looked like it was all incredible, and now everybody thinks he sucks and should be fired. Like the end can come so fast. What would it what would have been so wrong for Texas to wait one more year and see what they do this year? Like what would it, what it's getting more expensive? Well, guess what? If he fucking wins a natty. It's going to get more expensive anyway. Like if he goes out, I think there was a sense of urgency. If this wasn't going to be such a brand new season, if this wasn't going to be Texas's first season in the SEC, there wasn't going to a, a essentially two mega conferences and a new playoff format. If that wasn't happening next year, 
then maybe you give it another season to, to kind of determine if you really want to go full in Sark for the future for Texas football. But I think because of everything going on, you would like some security at the head coaching position to lock it in and say, we got our coach. We got a big 12 championship last year. We got a playoff berth last year. We have all this momentum and we are ready. We are committed to Sarkeesian. We believe in Sarkeesian. We believe in the, the future of what college football is going to be. And like, we don't want to have any kind of question marks as we move forward. I think there was a, a sense of checking off all the boxes before we move on to the SEC. And one of those boxes are we have our coach for the next 10 years. Uh, look, man, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. You I, I just don't believe in Sark still. Like you that, still no, have no, no, reservations. That is, no, that is not no, the case at all. Do. That you is not do. the case at all. You all do of, too. I, I think everything you just said about wanting to pay him because you're going into a new setting is the exact reason why you should have waited one more year to pay him because you are going into a new setting and the SEC, like what if he goes and falls flat in his face? Like, look, look at how quickly the end came for Lincoln Riley from one year to the next. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Sark. What I am saying is like, look, we're going to talk other coaches, okay? And when you look at other coaches' resumes, they smash Steve Sarkeesian's. And yet, because he had one good year, you're now crowning him? Okay, maybe, maybe look, I agree with you. Everything seems like it's moving in the right direction. It's moving in the right direction. Everything, everything, the, the, the recruiting, the buy-in. What would you pay Steve Sarkeesian? Like, if, if he was due for a new contract tomorrow, what do you think? He's an $8 million coach, $9 million coach? I'm not mad at the overall number. I'm talking about the timing. Okay, that's what I was just Why? Why pay know. him at all? Why not let him make $6 million again next year, and then if he balls out, pay him eleven? And you know, big. I didn't know fucking difference between ten. Like, like this. This just. I. I. It's. It's. I. I don't know. Okay, we talked about the pickup artist, right? Mm -hmm. And we talked about trying to pick up on people of the opposite sex and how you need to make them feel insecure, right? You need to neg them. Jimmy Sexton's ability to make schools feel immediately insecure is unlike anything I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't think and he was selling so Sark leaving. Like, I don't think Sark, I think everyone in the building knew Sark's not going anywhere. So then why pay him? That's my point. Then why pay Because him? they believe in him. That's that. That's what? Like, you, 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 what you other believe? fucking job do you get your money doubled with? Oh, you've only done with, I mean, one college time. Football, just they being a college football head coach. What are we talking being about? Being a college football head coach. Being a college football, that, that's it. I mean, to, to just, just to say that we have a top 10 coach, top five coach in all of college football on our on our team, I don't know. Uh, you got too much money in the state of Texas with you made it to the playoffs and all this money's flooding into the university and you got to spend it on something. So you lock up your coach for the next 10 years. Here, But here's the deal. If he does good, they're going to, he's going to get a raise in like two years. Like they'll still have to pay him more. I just don't understand the finances of, it. I do not like, uh, Jason Wallace says better question. Which current coach would you rather pay $10 million a year to coach Texas? Uh, you didn't have to pay anybody $10 million a year to coach. But Texas. Maybe it does save money in the long run. Maybe it's like, you know what? If he does go out there and make a playoff again next year, that, that, that number is going to go to 11. So exactly. Extent, yeah. But for, so for them, for them as a school, they're saving money then. Not really. I mean, if he makes a playoff, thanks to the bonus, I think he gets near damn million dollars extra anyway. So well, then if you have an $11 million, million dollar deal next year, you have a bonus that's $12 million. So then you save a million dollars a year of the next eight years kind of makes up for him having an extra year.
Yeah, no, because if, like, he wins the money the was national- be made when the, if you if you believe that Texas was going to be a consistent playoff team going forward, if you believe in the brand, like they're going to be a playoff team next year, he's going to get paid next season eleven or twelve million dollars. I just okay. think that there's that overall confidence in the building right now that like, we don't need to see anymore. We've seen the progression. We've seen the recruiting. We've seen what he does in the uh, on the transfer portal route. He's put together another incredible football team. He's going to make it to the playoffs next year. We don't need to see anything more. Like I'm, I'm all for giving a vote of confidence to my football team and to my head coach that we believe in you. Go out there and let's go win another you know, conference championship and compete in the SEC. All right. You better hope it's right. Better hope this is. I like, think it's right. I'm like all for Dogecoin it, situation here. Just got hot. Just got hot for a little bit. No, look, and and I. Do you I, truly I, think like what he's built at Texas with that roster? That 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 there is a. I think for for Texas next year, a bad season's nine and three. Yeah. The f- yeah yeah, but that's what he does, kind of. But look, the future is uncertain, and my whole point is. There was nobody out there trying to pay him $10 million. So if I was leadership, I'd say, Sark, look, man, we love you. We love the direction of everything. Do it one more year and you're getting the big, you're getting the big payday. Um, may, maybe this is right. That Texas wants to have one of the highest paid coaches is like a flex. I could see that. Yeah. Um, I know that they're going to constantly try to, people always try to tell you, oh, well, like you need it so that recruits know their coach is going to be there. Uh, I, what if an NFL team comes calling? You know, like there's no guarantee that you're going to be there either way. So I, I think What's that's the buyout blown. Yeah, but I wonder what the but the new buyout is in the contract. Like, I don't know. Someone is this more of like an also security too part of the money? Like, there's a, a, a massive buyout that was put put in place where if it if a NFL team because he's not going to leave Texas. I think you and I have talked about that before. Like, you don't leave Texas if you're winning in Texas. That's a program that you stay at for the rest of your life if you can, unless you want to go to the NFL. But like, what would that buyout yeah. be? for an NFL team to come after him if he did put string together Look, two, three good seasons. I, I've, I've said my piece. Maybe I'm off base here. I'm with you. We've seen our lists. I think Tech's going to be great next year. Yep. Um, I still think it's interesting that in college, we fall over ourselves to pay guys early. And a lot of times those guys end up going bust. Uh, and right now with Sark's resume, last year represents the exception rather than the rule. And you know what they did? They still lost to Washington and Kalen DeBoer for the second year in a row. And now they're going into a a harder conference, but the, but the uh, expectations are going to be even higher. We'll see this. I mean, the the man got his salary doubled. Good on him. Good on him. Good on on, on Steve Sarkeesian. Um, so, okay. So with that in mind, then talking a little coaching pressure cookers, Mm -hmm. um, well, actually, let's get to this. Let's get to this question that PG put in here. How many titles? Last thing on Sark. How many titles does Sark need to win over the next six years to justify this? One. That's right. That's right. So Just it is one. a relatively. I, it's a relative. I think. I think. I, think I, I. I even struggle with saying that like Georgia is going to win multiple championships over the next six years. Like it is, as we know, going to be more difficult to win championships with this new format with these new leagues. To make it through the season, to have the depth on your roster because of the transfer portal, to to build a team that that everything has to be almost perfect for you to win a championship. Like that's what we're getting into right now with this new era of college football. So I think if they can win one championship over the next six years, and maybe say one SEC championship, 
go to another SEC championship, I think that more than justifies when you're in a league with, uh, with, with Kirby Smart and Brian Kelly and, and a bunch of these other guys, when you're in that league and can prove that you can have success in that league, then he's worth all that money. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot of coaches that are in very high-pressure situations. Okay, you can throw Sark in there, Kalen DeBoer, Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley, Dion. James Franklin's up there. Uh, with the list I just gave you, maybe it's somebody I did not mention, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Who, like, which college coach do you think is uh, in the biggest kind of 
make or break situation going into next season, dude. Well, it's, it's got to be Ryan Day. I mean, Ryan Day has been 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 given the keys to the the Bentley. He's been given everything that he wants. You you just received one of the best offensive minds in college football as your new OC. You had some probably one of the best transfer portal classes this offseason, along with Ole Miss. You have all the pieces to play on both sides of the football right now. And Michigan's losing a ton of talent to the NFL. Michigan just lost their head coach. So you should own your conference. You should be a shoe into the playoffs. And you're one of the best two teams roster-wise in college football right now, along with Georgia. So to me, all the pressure is on Ryan Day. You have to win the Big Ten this year. Like That that, that, that would be, to me, unacceptable if Ohio yeah. State does not win the Big Ten this year. Not saying that maybe not it's national championship or bust, but I think it's a, a you have to make it to at least a semifinal, if not the national championship game, for this not to be a bust season. I mean, you've been given eight figures plus to put together your roster. Yeah. And then Chip Kelly on top of that, you got to win this year. You got to win big. Yeah, I think, uh, look, I, 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 I agree with you. Bare minimums beating Michigan in a Big Ten championship. If yep. not... Even though you're 56 and eight overall as a head coach, uh, if you cannot do that this season for all the aforementioned reasons, uh, then I think you're going into a hot seat year where yeah. the the following year will be determined uh, whether or not you get fired. And I, I always go back to um, what does Uncle Ben tell Spider Man? Uh, With great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's a bit how money works, right? Um, because with money comes great power, but also comes great expectation. Mm-hmm. And and it is a perfect storm for Ohio State here. And, tra- and if you're Ryan Day, you don't frame this as a negative, like I have to live up to this. You embrace the opportunity that is now mm-hmm. presented in front of you. Like Aaron said, it's rumored that Ohio State put $13 million into the recruitment and the retention of this roster. And that was before Caleb Downs, right? Mm-hmm. You had Will Howard. You had Quinchon Judkins. They even got that center from Alabama that became a bit of a goat if you're an Alabama fan, but um, it's still you know a solid player overall. Uh, you bring in Chip Kelly. I imagine you're paying him another $2 million a year at mm-hmm. least. And look, if you look at Chip Kelly, uh, he still knows offense. We, we, yeah. we, we, we touched on this a little bit. Like uh, If you look at UCLA over the past four seasons, and that's even with the year last year without a quarterback, Ranked number five, number three, number two uh, in terms of total offense. Uh, they set a school record. UCLA did over 500 yards a game in 2022. They led the conference in scoring in 21. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though last year was a back a a a, a relative down year for Kelly, he is still a lead offensive mind. So, yeah. and 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 then so you got the money. Uh, but you got the money, both the personnel and the player department. And as you said, no, no Nick Saban, no Jim Harbaugh and Michigan replacing their entire team. No Brian Ferentz. Like if you can't find a way to win the national championship this year, then yeah. I, I again, what, big 10. What's like, I don't think, I don't think you think it's a bus if they don't win the natty. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't invest that much money. Without championship promises of return, no. Like, I still think they would. Be, they, I still think they would be happy with the Big Ten championship. Like if you can go thirteen 0 win the Big Ten, um, and make it say to the Natty, it's you and you and Georgia, like the two teams that we feel like are the two big dogs heading into the season. 
and you lose that game, I wouldn't look at it as like that was an unsuccessful season. I uh, would look at it as if you don't win the Big Ten or if you get knocked out early in the playoffs, then I would deem that unsuccessful. Uh, but if you, yeah, but, but, but if you, if you lose in that, you're still all of that Ryan day, can't win the big game, can't get over the hump, et cetera, et cetera. All this stuff's going to be cropping up in a big way. No, look, if you don't win the big 10, you're probably going to be fired the yes. year after, or at I least agree. you will be on the hot seat to be fired the year after. So he's under incredible pressure. How do you interpret Kalen DeBoer's pressure? Because I don't see, I don't see, I don't I see Kalen DeBoer as being fired, obviously, but I don't think there's a bigger microscope than what Kalen DeBoer has on him. Well, I think, well, yes, obviously the microscope is there. I mean, you're following the greatest coach of all time, but I think for for the biggest worry, Alabama has been the the best team, and this has been an incredible dynasty for for a couple of reasons. One, Nick Saban was the head coach, the greatest coach of all time. For first one. Second one, he was able to amass the most talented roster every single year. We even said it all this season. Alabama technically was the most talented roster in college football. They had the most four- and five-star players of any other team in America. And Nick has been able to do that every single season. He has a number one, number two, or number three, or number four. Like Always a top four, more times than not, a top two uh, recruiting class each and every season. If Kalen DeBoer shits the bed in year one, now, all of a sudden, we already saw a little bit of that in, in, in when he got hired. Kids are going to leave. They're going to hit the portal. And you're not going to continue to amass top five recruiting classes. Like You have to keep the train going because it is now easier than ever for that train to be derailed and to be derailed pretty damn fast. Because Many you of my lose uh, a, a plethora of guys in the portal like that, like we already saw a month ago. Many of my Alabama friends, Aaron, were none too happy with the you and Brooks Austin episode. Heard y'all maybe hard, heard y'all maybe just a Brooks couple of dogs, in a little couple of dogs dogging down to the tide. I didn't say shit, bro. It was all Brooks, but I, I would say there's pressure to get. I think nine and three is a must. I think ten and two would, be bro. Incredible. I think you think nine and three is a must. I think nine and three is a bust. You gotta go ten and two. I don't. Out. I don't. Yeah. Okay. I'm. 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 I'm sure the Tide fans will, will be right there with you. I think if there's a difference between the Tide fans being happy and I'm saying keeping, keeping the the roster moving in a direction that you can build from. Uh, it's just tough, man. You're falling mm -hmm. up, Jesus. Like everything you do is going to be judged against the best that's ever done. It. And I saw it at LSU because I came in in the beginning of the Miles era, even a couple years into the Miles era. But there were still a bunch of old heads on the team that had been there under Saban. There was a bunch of employees under the team that had been there under Saban. And I saw a lot of shit talking about how tough things used to be. And like, yeah, maybe, maybe Miles is nicer or maybe it's a little bit easier, but like, but there was an inherent lack of respect. So that that's gonna be a very, very tough hurdle. For Kalen DeBoer to uh, to 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 overcome. See, see, I think Jason said it well in the chat. Jason Watley here, Bama fan here. We're not worried. Kind of We're not worried that DeBoer may not win a championship. We're worried that he might knock off that elite diamond shine we have on the program with recruits. Yeah. Well, that's probably going to be. I think that's already going to be gone, no matter what. Again, like, and and that's not that's you not. A, you think it could be gone? In the sense of like they're not going to put together top ten. I, I, no, I, no, I said no top ten. No, no, I didn't say top ten, but that's not what Bama's used to. 
No, I agree. With the elite diamond China, but I'm saying but you can that, win a championship with a top 10 recruiting roster. If you yeah, you right can, but that's not what, but that's not what they talk about though. What? He just talked about mm-hmm. the elite shine that they have with those big time recruits. And what I'm the, yeah. the one thing I feel confident in saying is that that was since Nick Saban was such a mathematical outlier in recruiting, smashing even that of like Kirby Smart and everything else, uh, is that no matter how good Kalen DeBoer does, he can't do that good. He cannot do that good. Um, So I think, look, he's under a ton of pressure. How do you feel about Lincoln Riley, dude? I was thinking of Dion next, actually. Dion Dion after after Kalen DeBoer. See, to me, Dion, though, is like, Dion's more embroiled in a culture war than he I is. I think that's a me culture. Like that, that's where I feel fired. the pressure from. De- Dion ain't getting fired at Colorado. They're, they're, they would yeah. not fire him. I'm just saying from a, from more from a brand aspect and more from me truly believing that this could be Dion's last season at Colorado if things turn out to be extremely successful. And I would say successful would be like an eight and four season, maybe possibly seven and five. Him saying, "Hey, I came. I put this team. I, you know, I turned this this program around in two years. I, you know, turned my 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 son and Travis to you know first round NFL draft picks. Thank you. I'm out of here. So, like, from a sense of like, if 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 he's in, as ambitious as I think he is, then this is a big year for him because after that, you lose Travis Hughes' son. Where does Colorado kind of fall after that? So, I think it's a pretty big year for Dion if he wants to move on." It's weird though, dude, because again, he has the lowest bar on what he actually needs to accomplish. Almost everybody on this list, we're talking about having to be damn near perfect. But do you think like Dion wants to, to stay at Colorado? Do you think do you think Dion thinks his Colorado is his his I don't I I don't I don't think Dion I, I don't even think that's how Dion approaches it. I think I think for this year, this is just all about Dion, everybody deciding whether or not we think Dion is a good coach. Um a lot of very strong takes were had on Dion early in the season uh, and late in the season. I remember, we we uh, waxed uh, poetic about just how disciplined that Colorado team looked against TCU and how they did things that were so much new. Like, there was a well-coached team. Well, it was kind of ended up being a tale of two seasons, right? So competent, so well-coached in the beginning. Then came drama and consistency, coaching changes, Eric Iamanner, the 300-yard disaster that was the Stanford game. And so you had this person who, who got thrust into the culture war with half the people yelling, he's a great coach, half the people yelling, no, he sucks. And the year didn't really prove either side right, you know? Yeah. Like the year ended up being a bit of a stalemate, which means that everybody just entrenched and they calcified. And so it's like, yeah, that that's that's all that's on the line to me to Deion Sanders this year is proving who's right in that battle. But mm-hmm. the thing is, like you said, if he goes eight and four, well, then th- that probably means he's a he, he's a great coach, right? Yeah. Everybody else on this list has to be perfect. Eight and four would would be an, a complete you, embarrassment you think, you think for Sark. It would be a complete embarrassment for DeBoer, complete embarrassment. For De- Fuck yes, Lincoln Riley has to go better than eight and four. He's in the Ryan Day situation where, uh, and maybe even more unfairly than Day, one bad year has done shockingly bad things to what is a stellar resume for that of Lincoln Riley. I don't think USC goes eight and four next season. I think this. I mean, if, if the bar is, is nine and three for USC and and Lincoln to 
keep his job. I mean, I don't know if you've looked at their schedule or not, but when, when you got LSU at Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State, at Washington, Nebraska in year two, which we think is going to be a better football team, um, and then Notre Dame to finish the season off. Like, I, I think if you get down three, you should be throwing a pretty damn big parade. I think that's a, I think that's an eight and four football team, maybe seven and five. Now, so I agree with you in that the stakes maybe aren't as high for like a Ryan Day because he doesn't have to win a natty. Also, people in Los Angeles don't care as much in, as they do in Columbus. Um, Lincoln does not have to win yeah. a natty. Like Ryan yeah. Day kind of has to, right? Yeah. So he's on a higher level. Um, I think Kelly's kind of probably on a higher level in that situation. DeBoer certainly is. Lincoln's got a little bit of that Dion thing where this probably feels very unfair to him, but I think what's floating more in the air with Lincoln is just, is he a good coach, right? And that's crazy because the man's 74 and 18. If you take out the COVID year, which they won nine games in a shortened season, mm -hmm. he's had 10 win seasons in five of his six years. He's got five top 10 finishes in seven years. He's got multiple Heismans. Mm -hmm. And yet, because of how epic the collapse was, and because of how just obvious even the, the 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 most simple of us could yell like what the fuck are you doing with Alex Grinch because of all of this i mean that's the talk is like is like yeah. Lincoln actually good or was he a nepo baby mm -hmm. did he just take over a great situation and know you yeah. now it looked like he proved that wrong usc year 1 when all immediately yeah. turned around but ever since the night before that mm -hmm. pac 12 championship against utah everything has gone to shit in LA. And I think uh I think if Lincoln Riley fails to win 10 games this year with that oh, schedule or not, 10. um, I'm not gonna say 10 and 2. I'll give him 10 with a bowl game. So nine and three. If he fails to mm. do that, we will start to consider Lincoln Riley just an average coach. Oh, I agree with that. I agree with that. I I'm 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 just more on the side of I don't think they even get to that point. Like I I think it is for me looking at the roster, replacing Caleb Williams, um, moving to a tougher conference, having those games that we just kind of broke down on, on the schedule. I'm, I'm, I, my feeling towards Lincoln is somewhat your, what your feeling was towards Sark. And maybe it's still a little bit towards Sark. I'm not a believer. Like, I don't think he's going to get it done. Hmm? I just there don't. And maybe it's not even him. Maybe it's just, maybe it truly is, but you know, Bo Kennedy said it in the chat. USC feels like a blue bud that everyone wants to be back, but LA just won't let it. Well, they were close. Just, Dude, they were close. I mean, make I no know. mistake. They ran through the Pac-12 two years ago. Um, what were they? 11 and 1? 11 and 1? Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, but yeah. 11 and 1 going into that Utah game. And yeah. even then, if they don't fuck up a 15-point lead against Tulane in the final two minutes, he's got a New Year's 6 win. They're 12 and 2. Uh but 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 yeah, ever since that that that, that Utah Pac-12 championship, the day in which my second child was born, um it's you just think they get rid of them this fast after three years. Time. You think you think if they are seven, five, eight, four, that no, USC because would... because no, I don't think USC cares and cares that much. Okay. If they go seven and five again, he'll definitely get another year. He'll probably get another. I mean, he's at least got a couple more years. But like I said, I've always considered Lincoln Riley to be one of the elite coaches. That's why I was a petite yeah. Trojan boy year one at USC, and it looked like I was validated and correct. But the end came fast. And and so this year is going to show. Okay, is that going to consider or going to continue? And look, I mean, that's that's you know, it's a thing with Sark.
will 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 he stay up there or you're never you're never that far from it all uh going awry um what about james franklin well say like i i, I don't feel immense pressure on james franklin at least i personally don't because i've never viewed him as a true contender and i know penn state kind of views themselves differently and i don't know why you would feel that way based on kind of where you've been in the big 10 with with the success of Ohio State and the success of Michigan, like you've always been that next tier down. I think, I think if there is a sense of pressure, it would be not now falling behind Oregon as well. You know, like you're behind yeah. Michigan, you're behind behind Ohio State, and all of a sudden Oregon jumps into the conference. I think most people that know college football assume that Oregon would be better than Penn State, even moving into this conference and the difficulty of of, of what that may entail. But like, I mean, you can't really you can't fall behind that? Oregon do think, too. Do we think Oregon will just straight up be better than Penn State immediately entering the conference? I I personally do, but that's because I believe in Dan Landing over Jane Franklin, and maybe I'm crazy for believing in him, even though he's earlier in his career as a head coach. But I think Landing's a better head coach than Jane Franklin. I think resource wise, they have just as much, if not more, resources than Penn State. I think if you look at the roster, the roster is just as talented, if not more talented, than Penn State. Here's uh, so I completely agree with you in terms of the dynamics at play between Oregon and Penn State trying to carve out that, uh, you know, who's third best or whatever in the Big Ten. Um, or second think, best. Well, I was going to say, I think, I think there's actually pressure best. on both those teams to pass up Michigan this year, yep. given that Michigan might see a record number of players drafted. They're, they're replacing all these coaches. Jim Harbaugh's gone. Like the door is wide open to move in behind Ohio State. Uh, here's why though. I almost don't feel like James Franklin's under, um, any pressure is that it's, 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 it's not an abject disaster. Like, Mm -hmm. like the Lincoln Riley year was last year for USC. Um, he, well, he does have a bit of the Ryan day lose to the rivals. He's got to start to win those. That's why the Michigan game will be so uh, utterly important for him this year. But like the thing is, let's say you want to hot and this almost, I guess goes for any major score right now. Let's say you want to fire James Franklin. Who do you feel confident going to pay eight to $10 million to? Yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? Like, like who's the hot name on the street? Uh, like, or, and, 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 and if, if you're Penn State, are you going to take a chance on a, yeah. on a riser? Bill O'Brien does very well. Are you going to bring him back? I mean, I mean, Penn State's a playoff team. Like, I mean, I, once again, like this is, this is Penn State. And if, if James Franklin is a guy that can deliver you the playoffs two out of every three years, I think you're winning at Penn State. Yeah, and James Franklin. And I, think, I think that's what they're at. But two out of three years is tough, though, tougher than you think. I remember we I played agree. this exercise on LSU, and we're like, okay, let's what is, say what that. One out of three years. What are, one, I think they're what, one out of three feels more realistic. Two, every three years kind of team. I think that's pretty damn good. Yeah, one out of three years feels more uh, realistic. And the thing about James Franklin is, I mean, I guess did they kind of have a bad year maybe during COVID. It feels like James Franklin always avoids uh, the disaster year. If nothing else, which is there's there's something look, again, I think I think that right now college football is so fucking crazy and there's so much changing that um, if I'm an administrator or a decision maker, this kind of goes back to uh, how I viewed Michigan upgrading Sharon Moore as well. Mm-hmm. It It's not the worst time 
to just kind of grit your teeth and see what happens in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you have a guy like James Franklin would definitely check this box. Like you said, borderline playoff solid, beating all the teams you need to beat. Certainly there are areas to prove. But if you have a guy that you know is going to keep you in the mix, keep you consistent for now, like maybe you wait a few years and you see who those next target, those next maybe superstar candidates become, who are the mm-hmm. big winners consistently in this new age? What rule changes do we end up continuing to get out of this new age of college football? And then they, it just might be a more friendly marketplace to making like a really big decision um, uh, than, than it would be right now, which actually I, to tie it back, that's, that's, that's like you were kind of getting at. That's probably one of the main reasons why Texas wanted to go and lock up something more secure feeling in the uh, for Sark yeah. there. I think if anyone has pressure at Penn State, it, it's not really Franklin. To me, it's Drew Aller. I mean, you you had yeah, but the, the but, big but, five star quarterback who we've been waiting to get at, at Penn State, who I would say had an average year last year. I don't know if you go look at the stats, like oh, twenty five touchdowns, two interceptions. That's pretty damn good. Like, you know, a lot of that's against lesser competition. I would say very average season. You know, but he was young, his first season. So, like to me, they're somewhat tight at the hip. Like if if Drew takes a a, a massive step in the right direction, you got both running backs back. You went in the portal, got a, a you know big time receiver from from Ohio State. You got a new OC. If he takes a step, you know moving forward, and is a top two quarterback in that conference, which he's more than capable of doing based on his skill set, then to me you will see Penn State take a big step in, in being more competitive with Ohio State, with Oregon, with Michigan, and and obviously that goes hand in hand with with our feelings towards Franklin. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's it made sucks for Allo though because the pressure may be on him, but yeah, I think his fucking hands are tied. Yeah, uh, James Franklin murders OCs. Um, give me your top three Big Ten teams. Go next season. One, two, three. Uh, Ohio State. Yeah. Oregon. Yeah. Penn State. Yeah. So who's number four? Michigan. Iowa. Hmm. A resurgent Northwestern, Wisconsin, a I mean, Dylan uh, Riola led Nebraska. I want to say, are you feeling Nebraska? Um, no, I'm not really feeling anybody. I just think it's an interesting thought exercise. I guess that's more of a commentary on how far do we think Michigan falls. I think Michigan's going to be very hard pressed. I think Michigan's going to be replaced a head coach, yeah. all the players. Uh, it's the player thing, especially there. I well, think they, I they think, just think haven't recruited yet either. Yeah. I mean, they haven't recruited like Alabama. It's not like he's taking over a roster that has a bunch of four and five star guys on it. I mean, they've been a team that's kind of around fifteen to twenty when it comes to recruiting rankings. Um, some guy, can you imagine all the disappointed searches on Grinder for T Bob's profile after the bachelor party dancing this weekend? Mm-hmm. I know, boys. And look, I'm sorry, boys. I'm I, I I didn't mean to mislead anyone. If you're someone, you're a fan of snaps, you out there. If we were dancing together, thank you, man. Thank you, because it feels better to dance together than to uh, to dance alone. And I know I got a fat ass, uh, and so I apologize that, you know. And some juicy calves, too. Yeah, I apologize <clears throat> that maybe you didn't get to experience all that, but we'll see where it goes. Hey, look, okay, uh, some potential rule changes coming to college football. First, let's hear from friends of DraftKings. Get in on the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Check this out, guys. If you're a new customer, Use the promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B. You deposit $5 or more, you get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000. 
which if you lose, you'll get that money back in bonus bets. Okay. So for me, South Louisiana, I'm a massive Pelicans fan. The birds are hot right now. I'm playing props. I'm betting lines. But the point is, I'm supporting the birds. Like you bet however you see fit. Your favorite NBA team, your favorite trends. It's all there for you. The place to play is at the DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TBOB, TBOB, and new customers get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBOB. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, Eric, do you remember what I was going to ask you, guy? Uh, T- Ryan Smith, T-Bob's massive Pelicans guy, fake news. Hey, everybody, no, no, no. I fucking love the bad news birds, the Island of Misfit Boys. I don't have the warmest feeling about Bally sports and how they hide uh, so much good regional local sports behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. But uh, just wait, because the birds are coming. The second mm-hmm. half of this season, 11 games over 500 at the All-Star break. Suck my fucking dick. That's awesome. I'm not used to that. And so I'm very excited. Wow. Um, I met, I agree with Charles here. I met Aaron once at his apartment complex in 2013. Dude was a total chode. I mean, look at him, dude. Damn. I mean, look at him. Look at that hair, dude. Damn. (laughs) Sorry, Charles. What do you, what do you, you probably pulled some cocky QB1 shit. Like, who are you? Oh, shit. I'm always nice to everyone. Who are you? I I probably saw this girl. Why were you a two-year-old girl? That, you know, that. That's more likely. That's true. That's, that, 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 that is, that's, that's probably true. Mm. Um, Aaron, how do you feel about the two-minute warning in college football? They're talking about doing warning college football? Yeah, they're talking about doing it. Don't do it. Why? Why do it? Because it's awesome. Everybody loves a two-minute warning. No. Oh, wait. I'm so confused. What do you mean? Why do you love the two-minute warning? Like, why is that going to make a massive difference for you? Because it's like more strategy. You get you get like a free timeout for a team to use it. You, you can enact rule changes after two-minute warnings in terms of like runoffs and things like that. Like, I'm actually surprised your answer was no. I only threw this in here because I think it's interesting mm-hmm. that the two-minute warning only exists because back in the 40s, there weren't clocks in the stadiums. So the refs would literally have to announce to everyone, hey, guys, there's two minutes in the game left. Like That'd be really crazy as a spectator. And all of a sudden, you're kind of getting, maybe you're having some beers or something. You're like, what the fuck? It's only two minutes left. And everybody's like leaning in, getting all excited. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not tickling my, my, uh, my fancy at all. Sorry. Uh, Ryan Smith had two minute drop all first down stoppages, just full NFL clock. Well, I mean, what we're right now, no, we have I would down. say, I would say, no, that like you understand, like college kids are not as obviously talented as the NFL guys, especially the teams that are a little bit below the big boys. Like, they need in the last two minutes, if you, if you want more, um, 
yeah, exciting you need, comeback you drives. Is you, awesome. you need them. You need them the two minutes. You need that slap. Yes. So this is not the NFL where everybody yeah. is so good that they can just hurry up and get to the line and somehow all be on the same page. Clock stopping after first down in college football. Now it's only in the final two minutes, but mm-hmm. that's one of the great rules of our time. Yep. Um, it's also like, how do you feel about when you fumble in the end zone? It becomes a touchback for the other team. Oh, I love it. Should be. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best rule ever. Yeah. I think yeah. you're a pussy if you think otherwise. I think the end zone is the quantum realm. Rules just operate a bit differently there, and so don't get upset about it. Just don't fumble mm-hmm. out the back of the end sure. zone. But you so so you really don't want a uh, you don't want a two minute warning. No, I don't want two minute warning. Why? There's already there's already is too much stoppage with with the rule changes now too. No, there's not. We shaved a half like four minutes and like an average of four and a half plays. I think no, last we year more. we need more, more efficiency, more efficiency. Spoken like a man who had to call some Western Michigan games when maybe the weather was not so nice. Mm-mm. Not so nice. Yeah, a couple, a couple three and a half, three forty-five games, a four-hour-long bowl game. Yeah, I, I, I'm no more, no more breaks, no more breaks, <laughs> less breaks. Okay, well, I, I, I didn't think this was a conversation. I like it. I think it'd be tight. Uh, I like I said, adds a timeout, adds a little bit of strategy, adds the very clear, like, okay, two minutes. Like, I think that'd be that'd be awesome. But uh, chances T. Bob ever gets in the broadcasting games with Aaron. I, I would put me on the sidelines. I probably talk about drugs and stuff too much publicly, but you know, what are you going to do? In many ways, my career started to do much better. It's like uh, when, you know, in, in, in Batman, Bane talks about how nobody cared who I was till I put on the mask. Uh, I didn't really have to like, n- nobody really cared who I was until I started making dick jokes. And I just started being my, my, my full and true and unabashed self. And that's when finally some opportunities like snaps and other stuff. Came I thought around. you were going to say you, 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 you didn't do it until you did a national show on snaps. I didn't know you were going to go the whole dick talking route, but no, what I mean is like when I finally said, fuck it and just started going wild on like, uh, like whiskey and wine and stuff like that is actually the only time when people started like noticing and being like, Oh, would you be interested in this? Would you be interested in that? Um, yeah, sideline reporter. I agree, boys. Tell hit up the SEC network and help the tell them to hire me as a sideline reporter. Everybody tweet at him. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be awesome. Hit the like button, subscribe, uh, leave comment on uh, YouTube. That always helps any of the videos that are dropping every day. YouTube.com slash half volume stats rate of view on Apple Spotify. You're good to go. Uh, that really helps out. Aaron, do you remember what I was gonna circle back around and ask you about early on? I was trying to get out of the nonsense talking into the football talk. Hmm. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. Maybe I'll see. Guys, and the fuckboy fade is coming in April. Uh, I'm telling you guys, okay? Don't worry, Team Crop Dusters. Coming in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Smith says you can't talk about Remy mm-hmm. LaCroix on ESPN. Is that true? Hmm. Hmm. Do you know who do you know who Remy Lacrosse is? I don't. That means you're not a bad man. Uh, that's a that's a little that's a little uh, that's a little degenerate test there. Um, what about Mia Malkova? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Of course. I mean, who doesn't? Right. Yeah. That, that makes makes more sense. What about Kieran Lee? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah. One of the all-time great male performers. Yeah. Shout out Kieran Very Lee. Good. Yeah. You know he once had his dick insured for a million dollars. No shit. Yeah. Good for him. Who was the first person you met up? Rem- Remy? Remy. Like, <laughs> 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 See, boys, that's uh, nah. never mind. Degeneracy test failed. Because <laughs> now, now you're trying to remember to go do some market research of your own. It's like Remy and then the seltzer one. <laughs> Shut up. We're getting to wrap it up. All right. Hey, we love you all very much. Uh, I hope you all have an excellent day. And we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of some live snaps. Lady y'all. The volume. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.